Hi, I'm Hathaway Hester with Chicago Area Archivist, and I'm also archivist and digital preservation librarian with the National Association of Realtors. Every October, the Chicago Area Archivist sponsors Chicago Open Archives, a month-long event held in conjunction with American Archives Month, where archives across the Chicago area open their doors to the public. As a prelude to Chicago Open Archives, we're talking to archivists across Chicago about their jobs and their collections. Today I'm here with Ashley Gosselar, Processing Archivist at University of Chicago Libraries Special Collections Research Center. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Hathaway. Thanks so much for joining me to talk about your archives and Chicago Open Archives. Oh, it's my pleasure. So this year, you will be participating in Chicago Open Archives again, correct? Yes, we will. In keeping with the bicentennial theme of this year's Chicago Open Archives, the Special Collections Research Center is planning a pop-up display, and we're calling it Turning 21, the transition from territory to statehood in Illinois. It will be a display in the lobby of the Joseph Regenstein Library, which is at 1100 East 57th Street. Visitors will be able to see uh, archival documents, maps, rare books, all dating to the period when Illinois was transitioning from a territory to the 21st state in the Union, hence the Turning 21 title. You'll be able to see cool things like a 1778 letter written by the Virginia General Assembly, and that included Thomas Jefferson, to George Rogers Clark, and they are congratulating him on his appointment as the leader of a military expedition to what was then the Northwest Territory. We'll have rare books and other publications, including an 1817 publication, so just a year before Illinois became a state. Uh, that's a publication of laws passed by the Legislative Council of the Illinois Territory. And what's cool about that piece is it was printed by Cook and Blackwell, who were the very first printers to set up shop in Illinois. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't realize that University of Chicago had so much dating from the early days of Illinois statehood. We do have some material, some maps, some descriptions of early Illinois geography, and it's interesting to see how early settlers were imagining using the land. For instance, we came across a plan for a state capital not in Springfield, but in Vandalia, Illinois, which is about 70 miles from St. Louis. Oh my goodness. Things could have been a lot different if we had a capital in Vandalia, I would imagine. Yes. So the things that visitors will be able to see for Chicago Open Archives will really be about how people were imagining using this new Illinois territory, new Illinois state. That even includes a description of the Chicago River and imagining how they might connect the river to the lake. That hadn't even happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking into the future. Yes. And will you be giving the tours or will they be self-guided? Self-guided. So this is a display that will be in the lobby of the library all month throughout the month of October. doesn't require a special tour. Um, you can just come on in, say to the person at the library's front desk that you are here to see the Chicago Open Archives exhibit. Nice. And how does that differ from when you participated in Chicago Open Archives in the past? In the past, we did a single day event instead of having something 
up for the whole month of October. The very first year of Chicago Open Archives in 2015, we had an open house of sorts. We offered a behind-the-scenes tour. We offered a gallery talk, a curator's talk, and we had a special display that day of just interesting items from our collections. And this is the fourth year you're participating, is that right? It is, yes. I like that you're trying something different this year, and having a month-long display gives everyone an opportunity to go at their convenience. We thought by bringing something outside the doors of the Special Collections Research Center was really in the spirit of open archives. So we liked the idea of people just passing through, seeing a glimpse of some archives and rare books that they didn't maybe uh, intend to see that day and and might be surprised by, and it might entice them to come into our reading room and and see more. Now, when you do get visitors to your reading room, I'm curious what types of materials people are looking for most frequently. How do they use the archives? Is it mostly students, faculty? The Special Collections Research Center is open to anyone. So yes, we do have a lot of students, faculty, and staff who come use our collections, but we have visiting researchers from around the world. Last year, we had visitors from 39 states and 26 countries. In the past fiscal year, we had over 4,500 people come through our doors and use our materials. They come with a range of reasons for using our collections. It could be personal. It could be somebody coming to do some genealogical research. It could be one of our faculty members who want to use primary resources in the classroom. They might be publishing an article or a book. And we have folks who visit us who are interested in the institutional history of the University of Chicago. That brings up a good question. So you do have material related to the University of Chicago, and we discussed that you have material regarding Illinois history. What other types of materials does the University of Chicago collect? The Special Collections Research Center is home to the university's rare book collection, the university archives, and then manuscript collections that are collected to support the research and teaching interests of faculty and students at the university. We have over 345,000 volumes in our rare book collection dating from the 15th to the 21st centuries. And we have almost 12 miles of archival and manuscript collections. And the strengths of our collections really reflect the scholarly strengths of the University of Chicago. So our archival collections relate to things like the American Civil War, atomic science, and the Cold War civil rights, Chicago labor and social reform, medical history. We have a very strong school of medicine, so of course we have a lot of things related to the history of medicine. We also collect material about our surrounding neighborhood, about Hyde Park and Kenwood. We have a great poetry collection. We house the the archives of Poetry Magazine, and we collect material pertinent to Chicago jazz, so a wide range. Tell me more about the Jazz Archive. Sure. The Chicago Jazz Archive was founded in 1976, and the intention is to preserve materials on the birth uh, and early growth of Chicago jazz, and it spans about eight decades of 
Chicago jazz history. There are some really interesting things in the Chicago jazz archive. One of my favorites is the Alton Abraham collection of Sun Ra, who was a jazz musician and Afrofuturist. We have things in that collection, such as his drumsticks and a symbol with numerological inscriptions on it. I find the John Steiner collection in the Chicago Jazz Archive to be very interesting. Steiner was a jazz collector, a record producer, and a chemist, and he collected uh, this great extensive alphabetical file of jazz clubs and venues throughout Chicago, and some of those venues are no longer in existence, so they are very interesting to peruse. Documenting uh, even the lost history, potentially lost history of Chicago jazz. Yes. So that sounds fascinating. Thank you for telling me more. Of course. I hope you'll come use it. (laughs) I would love to. Thank you. And one more question. Uh, You're a processing archivist. Yes. Now, for listeners who might not be aware, what does a processing archivist do? Processing means that I arrange and describe archival collections, and I write online guides to those collections that we call finding aids, and those go online and serve as a sort of roadmap to collections for researchers. I like to use the metaphor of a restaurant. If the archive were a restaurant, I would be the person in the back, cooking your meal and writing the menu. So you really get to delve into the guts of the collections. I do. I have a lot of hands-on time with collections, and and that's very meaningful to have that kind of intimate look at someone's personal papers. Thank you so much for joining me, Ashley. This has been very eye-opening. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And yeah, I hope everyone will come out to visit the Special Collections Research Center in the month of October and see Turning 21. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Area Archivist COA podcast. We would like to thank Chicago Area Archivists, Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee, Engineer Allison Shine Holmes, and WFMT for their time and effort.